Hello, friends. Next week, we begin our Advent book study on the Read of God by Carol Hauslander. We would love for you to join us, and I just wanted to give you the quick info so you know how to prepare and journey with us through the Advent season. In the table of contents, it's broken up into parts one, two, three, and four, which is perfect for our four-week Advent timeline. The first podcast will come out on December 4th, and we'll discuss part one. You can read that section if you have the book. If you don't have the book, you can still follow along with the discussion. We will also have group discussion questions and journaling questions available so that you can take the content deeper and more personally. If you want more info, you can subscribe on our website to get all of this in the weekly email. We just can't wait to do this study with you. We really believe it's going to bless you. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Abiding Together podcast, season 13. And we are delighted to be with you on this adventure. And I know that the Lord is going to do wonderful things in all of our hearts. The Abiding Together podcast is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. And wherever you find yourself in the world, wherever you find yourself in your life, you are most welcome here. And we know that the Lord will speak to you. My name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and every week I am joined by two of my very dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. And we speak about what the Lord is doing in our life. We speak about our sorrowful mysteries, our joyful mysteries, and how the Lord is leading us in it all. And you are most welcome right here, right here. So please grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abidings Together podcast. And we are going to do our very first ever, I can't believe we've never done this before, our first Ask Us Ask Anything. Us anything. Wow. It's usually called mm. AMA, but it's us, so it's like AUA. Is that right? <laughs> Ask Us Anything. <laughs> That is funny, sister. Fun. Look at you. Yeah. We got such a barrage of questions yeah. from our listeners. I was so impressed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They did so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We have a bunch. And thanks for our team who helped us condense some of them. And you'll find, friends, that some of them are already answered, like, or we talked about similar topics in uh, previous episodes. So we will try to kind of condense those and also alert you to any of um, yeah the episodes where we talk about those things. So we got some good ones, y'all. Seriously. And some funny some ones. ones. So before we dive in, Michelle, Heather, anything anything you want to add here before we dive into our very first AUA? No, I'm excited. Let's, yeah, do, let's this. do it. Yeah. Who needs an update? We're just ready. <laughs> yeah, we're just let's go. Raring to go over here. <laughs> yeah, we're just ready. Yeah. I feel like we're, I feel like we're on a game show. Like I'm the host, Ooh. and you're two yes. contestants, and it's like yes. you know, it wouldn't be more nervous. F- <laughs> like what's going to happen? <laughs> I know. It's, do you guys have your hand on the okay. buzzer? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe we should ask answer Tori's question first. How many times we check the weather, okay. and then what the weather is? Tori in our Roberts. House. I know that was yes, you, girl. Exactly. You yeah. make fun of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, because we are old ladies, and we often talk about the weather. Um, which reminds me of a country song. You know, as long as old men sit. And yeah. Talk there about we the go. As long as old women sit and talk about old men. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> there you go. There's the country and the weather. We check, we check the, weather the weather a lot. lot. The, the merge. merge. We, yeah, there you go. The, the weather, the country weather. Okay. So let's start. Well, some of them are going to answer individually. Some of them are directed to us individually. Some of them are directed to all of us, but we're not going to get to all of them, friends. So if you did not get your question answered today, we will try to do like a part two um, another time. So don't worry. We will take care of your heart. But so we're, we're going to try to kind of go back and forth here. So number one. First question here, I'm going to offer to you, Michelle and Heather, um, both of you, Michelle, let's start with you. What area of your identity as daughter, sister, bride, mother, and queen has the Lord done the most healing in? 
which is that's a good question. It is a good question. Um, my first reaction does it say I choose all, all of them. Like there is not just <laughs> yeah. you know the Saint Charles answer. <laughs> I choose all. I think the Lord has done probably the deepest work though in daughter and daughter, bride, mother, like those three, it's a hard one to say. Like I really mm. is. I was trying to think about this. I think in the <laughs> season so right hard. now, I'm going to just say in this season right now, I'm back at daughter. And I was just telling the ladies before we even started recording, like, really, really? I'm back here. You know, like, um, shouldn't I be mm. further along? But I'm just really like the Lord has me looking at the little places of myself and a lot of little girl places that need yeah, that need a deeper attention and tenderness and attunement and compassion and going back there. So yeah, that's mm. where I am. What about you, Heather? Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Like all of them have been a work in progress over the years. And it mm -hmm. is cool to be at this stage of life and have a little bit of like being able to look back and see growth, mm -hmm. things that God was doing. Because sometimes it's like, it's not like a season, like we would say like, oh, in the season of fall, we were dealing with daughter. Yes. It's usually like a decade yes. <laughs> would be a season, you know? So now that we have a few decades under our belts, we won't say how many, but it is it is cool to be able to say and, and hopeful in a sense, because I'm like, oh, wow, like the Lord is really doing something. And the more that I open my heart to him, like he really, he really can change things, which is amazing, like things that I couldn't do mm -hmm. on my own. And that's one of the things I love about him so much is that he can do things mm -hmm. for me that I cannot do on mm -hmm. my own. I would say right now, uh, definitely bride, like Jake and I are in the midst of a lot of marriage counseling and healing. So that's coming up, but then it's yes. tying back to the daughter pieces mm -hmm. because there's things that inevitably we bring into our marriages and that part of our identity that that come from very old places, things that we learned long ago, coping mechanisms. We've we've talked about this a number of times on the podcast, but uh, I would say those two are very tied together right mm -hmm. now. And there's been a tremendous amount of restoration there that's ongoing. Yeah. Yeah. And just to piggyback on that, they all do go together because I think like I we were just discussing beforehand, like to really dig deep into your family of origin because you bring all that stuff, you know, and for, for marriage, it says, you know, you leave your family and you cleave to your spouse and you weave your stories together. And we've said this before, that doesn't come easily. And so you often have to go back. Oh, Michelle, say that quote that you said to us earlier before we started recording mm. about the desires that aren't yeah. met. Yeah. I was just telling them, I just had a really big breakthrough. And like Heather says, it, it, like you do the work, you do the work, you do the work and you're thinking, oh, and then all of a sudden a breakthrough happens and you're like, oh, this is the healing. Mm. Oh, okay. But I was telling them I was listening to something my counselor sent me and they said that the desires that you did not have met when you were younger or the longings that were not named or put out turn into demands later on on the people around you. And mm. that line just slayed me. It slayed word. me this week to saying, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, these needs and desires were not met when I was younger. So now I make it a demand on Chris to fulfill this. And that leads me to entitlement and leads me to a lot of other things. And it was just this real, yeah, epiphany for myself. I'm like, darn, okay, let me go back and look at those. So yeah, y'all, mm -hmm. we've said it about a hundred times, but can I just read it? It's a journey. It is a journey. <laughs> <laughs> layers. Layers, donkey, to quote Shrek, layers. So there you go. Sister, what about you? It is... I, I really had to like stay focused, not to go off on a rabbit hole right now. Like just because of what you both are talking about, like, no, we must answer the questions. We must stick to the script. And I'm like, oh, let's talk about this. I, I agree with you and each of you, and it is cyclical and it's also yes. combined. Like in the stages of the spiritual life, the purgative, illuminative, and unitive, they're not linear. 
they're happening simultaneously. Like the Paschal mystery is happening simultaneously within each one of us. There's a life, there's a death, there's a rising, there's an ascending. Like, so it's, so yeah, I, I think for me, daughter as well is something the Lord has been once again, reopening my heart. And I, I just had some beautiful days of silence a few weeks ago. And the Lord really spoke to me in those places of once again, going into Mary's womb and spending time in her womb. And I came across this book that was written in the 1980s. I think I talked mm -hmm. about it on one of the episodes. I can't remember, but it's called the inner life of the unborn child or the secret life of the unborn child. That was like, so, and it was written in the eighties and I was, I was watching a talk on YouTube, a more, more recent talk that the man was giving who's either still alive and just that what they knew then and what they know now mm. and what's taken as common knowledge. And it just was so eye-opening to me, really, really eye-opening to me. And from the foundation of which everything else ascends, like you're saying, Michelle, about like those things that aren't met and it's not blaming anybody, no. but the things that aren't met become demands later on or expectations. And I was thinking a lot about, they're saying 12 step meetings that expectations are, are um, like premeditated mm -hmm. resentments, right? So it's like for all the places that are, you know, are there expectations or resentments waiting to happen? And so many times like we have these, and I think even the dangerous ones are the unspoken or the unaware yes. expectations of, yeah, of like you, oh, you were supposed to do this for me, or you were supposed to be this for me and you're not. And are ourselves like, oh, I'm supposed to hold it mm -hmm. all together or I'm supposed to take care of everybody, or I'm supposed to never have any needs or I'm, and the, it just becomes crushing. And so the, the freedom of the child, the freedom of the child to be able to live and to experience and to respond and to make mistakes. And I think St. Therese like said, you know, when you say, when you stay so little falling down, doesn't hurt as much, <laughs> something like that, you know, it's like, okay. Mm -hmm. So That's yeah, so I, I, it's simultaneously, but I think for me, for me is daughter, for me is daughter. So Great okay. question, by the way. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, these are so good. Okay, so Heather, this one is for you. And somebody was asking about how do you handle the pressure of having people rely on your spiritual improvement? Mm, and like so you're the person who is kind of the rock of the family. And so how do you navigate that when you're a person too? But if if you show any distress, it kind of it seems like it sends the family into turmoil. Heather, what do you, what do you have to say about that? Mm. Well, we have this going on on both sides of the mm. fence here in our uh, family and it, between Jake and I. So in many ways, I'm the more peaceful one. Like I'm more stabilized, you know, I, and there's reasons for that. Some mm -hmm. are good, some mm -hmm. not good, you know, that tie back to my history that I, I can regulate myself and sometimes too much like that. I'm not ex expressing enough emotions, but because of that, often people will look to me to be, to stabilize themselves. And this is something Jake and I have realized is a huge dynamic in our family that he often will look to me for stabilization and how he's being invited to grow is to learn how to stabilize within. And so there's emotional regulation techniques that he's learning, which have actually been so, so helpful and a game changer for him and for me mm -hmm. in our relationship. And I think on the other hand, too, we have to accept ourselves where we are. Mm -hmm. Like there's a certain place that we all have littleness. We all have places that aren't going to be perfect, that are going to be rough around the edges or difficult for someone else to deal with. And so accepting ourselves there doesn't mean we stay there. And I think it's it's not okay to just say, this is who I am. Everybody needs to get over mm -hmm. it. So there's a, a place of growth and there's also a place of acceptance. And I've I've had to learn that when people are relying on me, I also need to be able to rely on mm -hmm. other people. Mm -hmm. There is a place. I need to find places that I can fall apart and that that's okay. And that might not be with everybody in my mm -hmm. life. Not everybody can handle me falling apart, but I do need some people 
to be able to handle that. And I need to pursue mm-hmm. that and I need to let my needs be known. So just a few things that this mm-hmm. is a big topic. Well, that's but a good one. Just that's a few good. things. Thank say. you, Heather. Yeah. Michelle, somebody asked you in a practical way, how do you cultivate a life that reflects beauty? Good one. Mm, that's a great question. I think first of all is to pay attention, to be a noticer of beauty that is around you, especially like in nature or outside, like to look to look at flowers, look at trees, look at even in the winter, like when you can see that, look at snow, look at that is to pay attention to beauty. And when you start paying attention, it's almost like Mm you, it's like almost like when you're looking to buy a new car and you like this model and then you all of a sudden see the model everywhere on the roads. Okay. When you look for beauty around you, you start noticing it and start paying attention to it, whether it's like a bird chirping or something like that. As far as your house goes or your home, Put something beautiful in your home that you can see around you. Like, what are the things that are around you that bring you to beauty? Mm-hmm. Like, for me, it's really important that I have a candle and a piece of artwork on my windowsill when I'm doing dishes. Like, that is important. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I just put a new piece of artwork in my laundry room. You know, where, especially where there's mundane, where there's something like that, where you can put little pieces. Also, I think smell is a really big deal. Like, does your home have a scent to it? I make sure like I'm we like just like just diffuse different oils because scent hat brings back memories to you. And so is there like mm-hmm. a calming scent to your house? And it's so funny when one of my daughter's friends walked in and she goes, I love the smell of your house. Your house has a scent to it, mm-hmm. you know, and there is something about that. So anything to do with the senses really to taste. But like I always do like to also follow the seasons, the weather mm-hmm. seasons. You know, so I love you changing things so out well. of my house for like winter. Like that means adding a different throw blanket, mm-hmm. adding another candle. Like I like the hibernation season. Mm-hmm. So yeah, little things like that. So just to start. That's great. Those are really practical ways too that people, anybody could um, implement in their life. Uh, somebody asked me, and this is a, a much deeper question that I'll probably have a chance to answer here, but it's a very sacred one. And somebody asked, what are the practical steps on how to heal from sexual childhood wounds or trauma. And oh, my dear friend, whoever mm-hmm. asked this question, my my heart is with you there. And I, you know, I think every single human person experiences a certain violation of their sexuality just by living in this culture and by being on the side of heaven. But I, I think for me, especially was being able to name what had happened and the sorrow of what had happened and finding some really good resources. I would, I would highly recommend uh, Bob's book, Be Restored. I would recommend the book by Dan Allender called The Wounded Heart Series. And being able to walk with somebody, a good therapist is going to be able to help you. But I, that little girl inside or that little boy inside, whoever asked this question, it was anonymous. That little boy, that little girl has a lot of questions inside, probably has a lot of ambiguity, a lot of ambivalence inside of of the hatred of the self many times, I think sexual abuse, especially manifests in a lot of self-hatred, a lot of contempt for one's body, a lot of, I think particularly like, it was it my fault that I asked for it. Many times the abuser will say, well, you wanted this, this was, or many times, you know, abusers in their brokenness groom people by being kind. And so the thing that leads to openness and, and, and supposedly lead us into safety actually leads us into danger. And there's a lot of sorrow from that. Um, just the way that God made our bodies. Many times our bodies respond in ways that are very heartbreaking in those situations and they create a lot of deep division and deep self-hatred. And so I think walking with somebody and being able to name those things and being able to like picture that child, if you have a picture of yourself, even if it's really hard of yourself at that age, just to 
bring that picture into place and remember how little you were. And there was nobody safe to tell that to, or if you did, they didn't believe. So just, there's a kind there's, it's such a, a, a deep journey of so many facets, but what I love about what God is doing is there's so much more uh, material and help available now mm-hmm. than there used to be. And, and there are resources out there that can help you. So I, yeah, I just, my heart always goes to the part that's broken and the part that needs compassion. And we will never shame ourselves or criticize ourselves or hate ourselves into a healing. It's the, it's an encounter with communion and love that actually transforms us. And it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of time and a lot of love, but it's worth it. So yeah, those are, those are sacred scars. Those are sacred scars. Yeah. yeah there was another couple of people actually asked the same mm-hmm. question about how do you begin, you know, the process of forgiving mm-hmm. someone who abused you. Do you just have a cut? I know this is like you give talks for hours and weekends on, on this topic, but do you have just a couple of things you might say. Part of the be- beginning of the forgiveness process is naming what happened and being very honest mm-hmm. about what happened because underneath the anger, anger is a healthy emotion. And many times our anger turns inward or it turns into resentment or bitterness or, or absolute, you know, just destructive um, tendencies. But anger is given to us as a healthy emotion by God to write what is wrong. So Dr. Robert Enright, who is a very well-known um, author in this area, he has a book called The Forgiving Life. He talks about actually the first step is admitting that we're angry. Mm-hmm. And that can be really difficult because under the anger is the hurt. And that's the place to where we must go, where we must go. That's the vulnerability. That's the injustice because anger is about injustice. And so I think for us, even to be able to begin to name those things and what did the person do? Not just, I I forgive so-and-so my neighbor for whatever, but I forgive my brother or my spouse for this and to, and, and naming out what they did and how it hurt you. And it's sitting with each of those individual incidences and allowing that process of grief of the anger to rise, to name the hurt underneath the judgments we're holding against that person, the lies we believe about ourselves is going to help walk us through that process. And so one of the ways that, because we can't just tell ourselves, we can't will it. It's not about condoning bad behavior. I mean, there's a lot of, I had a lot of profound misunderstandings of what forgiveness was for a long time, which helped me, kept me in bondage. So I would highly recommend um, the podcast, Restore the Glory by Jake Kim and Dr. Bob Schutz. They have great resources on that. Father John Burns and I had given two talks on at Seek Conference, both on forgiveness. They're both a little different. One was four years ago. One was this last year. And there's a lot of different resources on forgiveness that I would remind, I would recommend reading. Bob's book, Be Healed, is also the healing the whole person talks about those, that kind of the wound and then all those things. But forgiveness is possible. And it's, it's, it's a real thing that God gives us the grace to, and ultimately it's Jesus forgiving mm-hmm. in us. And so we turn to Jesus, Jesus, help me to do this. I can't do it. I don't want to help me to do it because I, I want to be well, Lord, I want to love. And so yeah, yeah, that's also a very sacred process. Yeah. And you did a beautiful forgiveness meditation yes. that's on the podcast, which we can link in the mm-hmm. show notes, which I think is just a great place to continue mm-hmm. to go and pray through and meditate and allow Jesus to come and speak into our yeah. memories. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely. And that's any kind of forgiveness. Yeah, absolutely. Specific to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so for good. sharing that. Certainly. Okay. Let's ask Michelle Benzinger. Let's see. What books are you reading right now? Oh my gosh. What books aren't I reading right now is the question. <laughs> I'm reading uh, Kurt Thompson's new one. It is something hope. I'm going to get the name wrong, but it's Kurt Thompson. I'll put it in the show notes. It is brilliant. His book, Anatomy of a Soul, I would always recommend for people mm-hmm. that want to start story work and attachment. Like It is a really good learning book for attachment and how to start story work. Mm-hmm. I just finished listening to the book called The Midnight Library on audiobook. 
And I absolutely loved it. It has an amazing reviews. We had to read it for a book club that I was in, but it is a woman, a young girl that tries to take her own life and she goes to a place like where she's unconscious and she goes to this library and to a teacher, like a middle school teacher, a high school teacher. And it is a library and each book is in choices that she's made in her life or choices she could have made differently in her life mm. and different things. that. And so she sees her life. It's almost like it's very similar. Like it's a wonderful life with a couple of twists. But why did she make certain choices? Was it expectations of other people? Was it expectations? What does What are her true desires? It was really Good. I can't believe I liked it as much as I did because it was called The Midnight Library. And mm. I'll just, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll stop there because, okay. I mean, I could list a bunch. <laughs> so anyway, I could do a whole podcast <laughs> on books and titles and all I'm sure you probably, yeah. that'll be the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so there you go. So Heather, mm. there are several questions. You always do such a great job talking about prayer. One of them is about how has your faith evolved? So I'm wondering if maybe you could share a bit of your own story of evolving faith, but also can you tie in some of the different questions about prayer and some of the links of what we're going to connect to as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think it's good to know that Jesus knows who Mm -hmm. we are and he knows where Mm -hmm. we are. That's a good starting place to just have that understanding. So you might find yourself, you're a young person, you're an older person in a different season of life. You're a young mom. Jesus wants to meet you right where you are. And that's what I've noticed about my life is that he has met me in every way that I opened the door to meet him. He's always in pursuit of us. He always wants to meet us. He's already waiting for Mm -hmm. you to come and turn to him. And that has been one of the most beautiful and I I don't know, that thought just wrecks me every time, Mm -hmm. you know, that he, Mm -hmm. he's always waiting to encounter us and that he's moving towards us. So even if we're in a season of waiting, or even if we're in a season of desolation, that, that doesn't mean that God is not moving and that he has left us. We might just not be having feelings about that. And, and that's okay. So I would say in different seasons, there's been times where I've had lots of time to pray or times where I was learning mm-hmm. to pray, learning how to, how to engage and what actually brings me into an intimate encounter with him. Some of it is begins with just obligation, just having a routine. Mm-hmm. I love how father Justin talks about a prayer prescription mm. that sometimes when we're going through something difficult, like we think about our medical condition, we go to the doctor, we get a prescription that's going to attack that thing. And to maybe invite different prayer prescriptions that we commit mm-hmm. to for like 30 days. I'm going to do great. this particular thing. I'm going to say the Angelus every mm-hmm. every day for 30 days. Like just start with simple routines that end up drawing your mind into, wow, I, I want to connect with God or I need to be connecting with God. So we teach ourselves and we allow the Holy Spirit to teach us how to pray. That's scriptural. Holy Spirit can pray within us. So I would say that's part of it. And then as we evolve and go deeper, I mean, sister, you pointed out earlier, you know, like there's the way of the heart, the purgative Mm -hmm. way, illuminative, there's things that we can learn about the spiritual life and how God tends to move in the human heart and soul. And so resources can be really good at the end of the day. Jesus is a lover Mm -hmm. and he just Mm -hmm. so wants to love on us, love in us, love through us and his love heals and it restores and it inspires and it motivates. It, it is everything that, that mm-hmm. we need to live this life well. Mm-hmm. And so a life of prayer, it might feel like a duty sometimes, but what it's meant to be is an absolute life source to where it becomes the adventure, mm-hmm. where it becomes, you know, part of the excitement of following 
Jesus mm-hmm. because he is so much fun. Mm-hmm. So really good. Is. That's a good – you put that on a coffee mug at the end of the day. Jesus yeah. is a lover. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. He is. Well, and real quickly, Heather, somebody asked for you, girl, what's your hair routine? Let's just go from like the that sacred to like the mundane. Yeah, this is like – that's going to be the number <laughs> one commented like <laughs> – Everybody just tuned in like, what? Oh, my gosh. I've always wanted to know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, curls don't just happen. And <laughs> every curly hair girl it. is going, oh, tell me about it. <laughs> so, so okay. I use three things. It's a process. <laughs> it's a so process. I, I have my shower. My hair is wet. Brush the hair. Then we go to Shea Curl Smoothie. And I put that mm-hmm. in. And then I do some kind of curl mousse. And then I do some kind of sticky <laughs> gel that I mix with a bit of water because you don't want it too crunchy. Gross. You don't want that. And then I dry my hair. And it's that's how it is. Some people use a diffuser. I'm that's that's my routine. And it seems to work. But okay your hair is naturally curly, like you know. It is, but if I had nothing in it, I would be Roseanne Rosanna Dana. And mm-hmm. if you don't know who that is, you go check out the old Saturday Night Live. It's like a cone shaped frizz ball. That's, that's awesome. What you gotta put be. that on your yeah, one so. thing. We gotta have one. Yeah, that's gotta you be go. your one thing. My sister's a hairdresser. She straightened my hair one time and I, I was horrified when I looked in the mirror. I was like, This is that not is for so me. Funny. So, that is so funny. Good. You know, on YouTube when you can see like the most rewinded part of this episode that's, that's right gonna there. be it right there it's gonna be like the most <laughs> most watched. right there yes. there's gonna be an uptick in sales uh, for go. uh shea curl so smoothie like, you're like the oprah winfrey of the curler world okay that's so funny okay a couple more here friends somebody asks have any of you ever had to wrestle with always being seen as too nice uh, what's the difference between being too nice and always choosing mercy and kindness in difficult situations and or toward difficult people? Um, yeah, none of us have ever faced that. I, I don't know what the problem is, but no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. like all of us are like, oh, yes, yes, we've all. So we love to say this niceness is out of virtue. Okay. So too nice is too nice is actually a trauma mm-hmm. response. It's called fawning. It's people pleasing. So that's the too nice is a way that you and I try to stay connected or try to stave off something worse from happening. So being too nice is not a virtue. Jesus is not too nice. Jesus is kind. And the definition of kindness is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And kindness is tender strength, tender strength. So when you look through the gospels, you see Jesus being very strong at times, but also very tender. And so they bo- they go together. And so that's a different, very different place of responding with kindness, whether it leans on the emphasis of being tender or strong, mm-hmm. than people pleasing and placating and being a doormat or uh, all the things, you know, and, and, and I, I, even as I say that, I don't mean those as labels. I'm talking about behavior mm-hmm. responses, trauma responses. So I think the next time we can understand that tendency in us, so maybe the next time, maybe it's your mother-in-law and, or it's your spouse is like, oh, I don't want to, or somebody you live with. It's like, I don't want, of course we don't want to offend people, but notice what happens even in your body as a request is made that you don't want to do, or that is really not something that you is either in your, something that's ethically right, or even something that you say you have time for. Those are two different things, but just notice what happens in your body. Cause many times what mm-hmm. we'll experience is a fear. We'll experience panic. We'll experience like a, a maybe a, a closing of our body or like a, a, a sickening to our stomach. Those are great. <laughs> Those are great ways. Our body is trying to tell us that we're probably going to do something mm. that maybe is not honoring or isn't good. And, and I think for me, I know one of the things that's come like a, a real, I've been walking in those places for a very long time. Cause that was one of my trauma responses of like, 
being able to sit with the discomfort and knowing that Jesus, you're going to be here for me. This person might be really disappointed in me, or this person might even react in a way that's very painful, or they might emotionally abandon me. They might give me the silent treatment, but Lord, I want to grow here. And I, I want to be rooted in your love and please help me to understand. Cause Jesus, when we look at Jesus as the whole person, he's not reacting out of how people are going to re you know, react to him. He's choosing a response and walking through that. And I know it's easier said than done. And it takes a long time to reprogram those parts of us, but those are usually little girl, little boy places that are being stirred and that are being triggered. And we can have compassion on that part because it helped mm -hmm. us survive. So what would the two of you say? Yeah. I would say that love is patient and love is kind. And the most kind people are actually the most mm -hmm. boundaried people. And actually Dr. Bob called me, not mm -hmm. called me out, but really put some insight into something. I was telling about a situation and he said, Michelle, where there's resentment, there's lack of boundaries. So if you say yes to something and mm -hmm. there is resentment, that usually means lack of boundaries. And you, like sister says, you have to dig deeper, say, why am I saying yes? Why is there resentment? Mm -hmm. And because we're called to give and love freely. So if you want to give and love freely, there needs to be a freedom in that yeah. so you can give and you can give without, count, you know, without counting the costs. Oftentimes when we give and there's resentment or we're being too nice, we're counting the cost and be like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this. Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. And I also think when we say no to things that we are not called to do, it gives other people the opportunity to say yes, whether that be that people that need to step up in their own lives or other people. It's just, I think sister did such a great job explaining that, but it's a deeper question. So yeah. And I would just say kindness is a fruit of the spirit. Mm -hmm. yeah. So ask the Holy Spirit to teach this you situation. what kindness looks like. And, you know, you can also like stand in authority as a, as a daughter of God and be able to sometimes kind, the kind thing is to say, you know, the hard thing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the kind thing is to, is to say no. And, and that's a difficult mm -hmm. thing to learn. So mm -hmm. yeah, encouragement mm -hmm. there. Ask the Holy Spirit to be your guide. Yeah. Last question for this time, and maybe the three of us can answer it. Heather, I'll ask you this first. The question is, how do you show up for each other so beautifully, even in the hard seasons of life? I want to be a better friend and sister with grace and perseverance. And maybe also there's a male listener who asks kind of like, yeah, it's like, how do you be better for each other? It, you know, as men allowing men to be able to have deep friendships with each other. A lot of men even statistically don't even have a deep friend where they can really open their hearts. And of course, men's friendships look different mm -hmm. than women's friendships, but maybe we can kind of, ours our last kind of offering here, kind of see if we can meld the two together. So Heather, what would you, what would you say? Well, I'll, I'll speak to the guys actually. So Jake has a podcast. My husband, Jake has a podcast called way of the heart with his friend, Brett, and they're modeling a couple of guys, you know, being vulnerable and having vulnerable conversations. And I would say uh, several resources that have helped Jake. One would be John Eldridge has really helped him like way of the heart is a book that John Eldridge wrote, which helped give him a language for the masculine heart. So I would say that's a good resource. And also John Eldridge and his team have started encouraging groups of men to have what they called fires and they did a podcast on it. So check that out because it's an opportunity to have real authentic conversations. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be uh, like super fueled with emotion, but it mm -hmm. could be, you know, and that that's okay. So just a couple of resources to check out. Michelle, what would you say? I would say, how do you show up for people? I think there's a twofold. I think one, I think we have to get okay with asking for what we need and asking for people to show up for mm -hmm. us in the way they need to show up for us and saying, okay, I need this from you. Can you do it? Like some people are going to anticipate needs and some people are just waiting for permission and that's okay. Both of them are okay. Mm -hmm. For me, it was very kind for sister after my dad died and I went on a personal retreat. She came down and just cooked for me and was just there. She didn't do anything. She was just there and she sat with me in it. Mm 
you know? And I think it's a lot of times it's, and there's different times where Heather and I have done the same. Like I remember Heather and I bathing kids, Mm -hmm. like when they were really little in the bathtub and Heather just breaking down, sharing stuff with me. Like, you know, there's just different times and places with that. It Mm -hmm. is availability, but it's also for us to ask, Hey, I need you in this place. Can you come? And that's how they come. So my, the real quick answer, show up, just show up for people and ask, what does it look like to love you well in this situation in this season? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And some reflection is helpful as well. I think like to grow in empathy for another person is to one tool. It would be to think about that Mm -hmm. person and think about the things that they've shared with you and think, what would it be like if I was in their situation? Mm -hmm. What might I need to hear or desire from someone and at least start there and then say, Hey, I was thinking about you. You know, and I was wondering if you might need this or if I could do this for you or is there anything that I'm missing mm-hmm. that I could do? I mean, I think it's just make yourself available to each other. And, you know, you two have done that in various seasons of life and in different ways, you know, even through like a voice mm-hmm. memo or something a little more personal than a text or, you know, where we see each other and and all of those things are are great. Yeah. What about you, sister? What would you say? Yeah, those are both great, uh, really great responses. I think part of I, we we talked many, I think several years ago about like adult, adult friendships. We were talking about one of our podcasts about adult friendships and how we're often taken caught off guard by adult friendships because they require a lot more attentiveness than childhood friendships. Cause we're in math class together, mm-hmm. we're at recess together. And so adult, so I often hear, and I've said it myself as adult friendships, like, oh, wow, I don't have the friends like I used to have when I was a kid. Because it's so adult friendships do take a bit more attentiveness and attunement and just more time. And where we really, you know, we all do the thing like, we should have lunch someday. Or like, no, 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 let's have it like next, next Wednesday. <laughs> you know? But I think part of the reason why we're able to, the say, for example, the three of us show up for each other in the way that we can is because each of us is on our own journey. And that's really important of, we've all had experiences in our life where our own story has taken over everything and we can't see past our own story to see anything else. And part of what this journey allows us to do is to hold the sacred places of our own story. And like, just before we started recording, we each of us shared something very vulnerable to each other and we each took turns and receiving and to be able to receive somebody else's story and their pain and their sorrow and hold that in a place and also simultaneously holding our own. I I think that part of that practice only comes from the deep places of work that we continue to do. And, and so that's part of the ongoing journey of is our own healing and intimacy with Jesus. And it, then it's from that, those journeys, and then walking in those places, and then we can give the gift to other people. But if we find it's, we're often just so stuck in our own story that we can't see past anything else. It's yeah, really yeah, hard to show up for other people mm-hmm. when we're lost kind of in that part of the story. Does that make that's sense? Great, sister. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Can we just end with one? Yes, one? we can do whatever. Several people asked how we met. I know we've talked mm-hmm. about this, but Michelle, you want to mm-hmm. tell them how we all got mm-hmm. to know each other? So Heather and I were at school at Franciscan <laughs> University together, and Heather was leading worship and I absolutely loved her voice. And I just loved like the spirit that she carried within her. And so after she was leading worship, she was standing in at the back of Christ the King Chapel, which is the main church at Franciscan University, and she was outside of it. She may or may not have been smoking a cigarette. I can't remember. But <laughs> we cannot confirm I or cannot deny confirm that. I cannot confirm or deny. Oh, that's how she gets her don't know if that's My true. brain wasn't fully oh, yeah, formed yet. Exactly. Okay. I wasn't old enough. Um, and her high tops. <laughs> the prefrontal cortex yeah. said, no, it was offline. And her <laughs> yeah. high tops and all the and all of her glory. And I just marched up to her and said, oh my goodness, that was amazing. <laughs> (laughs) Amazing. And like basically, we were going to be friends. 
And that's how it started. And we did not, we didn't have the same circle of friends at Franciscan, but our friendship was a priority to us. Like we met and we prayed with another good friend of ours, Kristen, almost weekly, you know, and her and Jake became really good mm-hmm. friends. And then a couple of years later, after we married and had some kids, uh, my husband and I were reading, running Cocrest Life Teen, which is a camp up in the North Georgia mountains. And we had mm-hmm. a women's retreat. And so Heather's like, I have this amazing nun that Jake has been doing some work with. Her name is Sister Miriam. She should come. Mm-hmm. And we invited Sister Miriam. And that was probably like how many years ago? 12? 12. 13? It was for the, yeah, it was like one of our first speaking. It was like 2012, yeah. I think. 2012 or 2013. Because I met you, Heather, in 2010 because of Bob Schutz, right. who introduced me to Jake, who I work with Jake. And we came over to your house for dinner when your kids were yeah, so we little. Yeah, we ate soup and yeah. spilled our guts. <laughs> we were just like, met within 15 minutes, I think we were just yeah. like, Oh my gosh. It's so providential. <laughs> Spilled our guts. I'm I like, remember sister yeah. saying at the yeah. first retreat, she said, I think the Lord may be calling me to be a speaker. And I'm like, no kidding. Like, because the first time I heard her speak was that that weekend. <laughs> I was like, okay, what just happened here? Like, yeah. I mean, the anointing <laughs> oh, was strong. Mm-hmm. It was like, wow. It was so strong. So mm-hmm. good. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. that's all she wrote. That is. And then Heather, one of your friends came to you and took away all the excuses yes. all of us had to do a podcast. And then they're like, all right. Well, and that's, and here we are in season 13. Who who would have thought? Yeah. We were already journeying together. We were already sharing life Mm -hmm. together. And we thought, why don't we just stick microphones in front of our faces and see what happens? (laughs) Which I think is why so many people say like, I really feel like I'm at the coffee table with you guys or just at the dining room table. I'm like, you are. It's really, it's nothing. Mm -hmm. We're not perfect. We're trying to, we're all on the journey ourselves and you're most welcome to come along with us for the ride. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, friends. Thanks for all your questions. And we know we didn't get, there were so many, and we will do one of these another time. But our first AUA. 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 Ask us anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so the next week after this this airs, then we're be, we'll be starting our Advent, Advent, Advent series. God. Right. So our Advent book. Mm-hmm. So we can't wait to dive into that with you all. And so maybe in, early in the new year, we can do another, the other part two of this um, Answer Your That's Questions. That's a great question. So hang on, Heather, would you like to offer your one thing for the week to our listeners? Yes, I do. So I've just had this wonderful experience. So my youngest, Eva, is an artist. She's 16. Mm -hmm. She's just been teaching herself and on her iPad and painting and all kinds of stuff. And, And so she started posting on Instagram and some of our Catholic artists reached out to her and to me just with so much affirmation and encouragement and saying, we, you know, if you want to like Katie Weiss, you know, from mm. Visio Divina and Big Apple Catholic and just, Marianne. I was so mm-hmm. impressed with how they were championing a young artist and just cheering her on. I was like, I love this non-competitive spirit where they were just like rejoicing in someone else bringing their gifts to the table. So I just want to say a special thank you to them, which is, they were so dear. And then another one thing I have is, Tammy Peterson, Jordan Peterson's wife. There's a new video that just came out, which I watched last night about the rosary and how that played a significant part in her healing of cancer and in her conversion. So I heard she's coming into the church um, this Easter or something. Anyway, it was a beautiful, a beautiful video of her just sharing about the power of the rosary and even Jordan Peterson saying she had this cancer. No one has survived it, but she did. He's like, so there's that. I mean, he's not saying it's a miracle, but I mean, he also can't explain it. So I just love that they're on a journey and I love that this was captured on a video. So I'll have the link in the, our show notes are going to be huge guys. Mm-hmm. Just lots of links in there this mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Michelle, what's your one thing? So my one thing last year, I think it was or a year and a half ago, I read the book while well, I listened to this one on the book, All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Doerr. 
and it is beautiful. The language is beautiful. His prose is beautiful. I love it. Okay. And then Netflix has made it into a series. And my husband and I both listened to the uh, audiobook because we were listening to it when we were traveling. And the series is beautiful. It is not as good as the book because the book is so rich and deep. You, I don't know how you would translate it. But even the casting of the uh, the characters, like Mark Ruffalo as the father and then Hugh Laurie as the uncle. I mean, oh my gosh. Hello, it was Mark so Ruffalo. good. My daughter and I stayed up and watched the whole thing. And then we... Chris fell asleep, so we couldn't stop watching it. And then he <laughs> went back and watched it again. And he was on the final scene and Lily and I were walking in from something and we just stopped and we were captivated, like at the very end. And I just was crying all over again. And it's that place in World War II. But there there are some scenes. I just started watching it the other night. Oh, my too. gosh. Like it's really it is good. Like so good. And there's like one scene where the bad guy is like basically torturing the father, Mark Ruffalo. And he tells the daughter, he said, I wanted to see if um, it makes me even tear up. If pain, if pain is stronger than love. And I realized love is stronger than pain. Mm, I mean, it is just so Mm. stinking good. So Mm. I was like, why don't we make more shows like this Mm. afterwards? But yes, it is good and redemptive (laughs) and beautiful. And so Mm. all the light we cannot see. Mm -hmm. Sister. Well, you can either listen to Heather's video or Michelle's series, Eating Soup, which is a sausage and kale soup. This is so funny. Yes. (laughs) By... I'm using like the Joanna Gaines. I love jo- Joanna Gaines. You and I don't know each other, but I love your kale and sausage <laughs> soup, which, so I'm going to offer that as the recipe. It's very yummy. It's a lovely, hearty winter, wonderful kale soup. And check this out because- Is it like creamy like Olive Garden? Like? No, it's not. Cre- it's, well, we have two. There's two versions. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, cre- I wouldn't mm. say it's, cre- well, it's, it's very savory. Oh, yes. it's savory because you, you brown the sausage mm. first and you put little baby red potatoes in there and carrots and onions and celery come on, come on. and then chicken broth. And then okay. you let it simmer. I'll be, I'll be right over. You can make yourself some fresh sourdough <laughs> bread. So here's, oh, here's where on. the story gets a little weirder is because this morning before we started recording, I'm like in the kitchen making the soup. So it's on the stove so people can help themselves to it. Michelle Benzinger texts me and says, here's a great recipe for sausage and kale soup. I'm like, get out of here. Like I am literally making that right now in the kitchen. So that was, yeah. Is that what you were eating before we started no, that recording? Was, Cause I was like, she uh, that was ba- having some. Oh, I was, great. I had bacon, two eggs, bacon, two eggs and spinach and a fresh tomato. Um, yeah, I'm on a soup oh, well recipe done. kick, so like I'll okay. send you all the different soup recipe kicks. Soup is nice. Mm-hmm. Soup is nice. So, Same. <laughs> yeah. Same. Tis the season. Tis the season. Tis the season. All right, friends. Thank you so much. We're going to have uh, one episode just about no soup. soup for you. <laughs> the Sorry, soup ex- The soup crumbles. The soup. All things soup. Sorry, That's sister. Okay. Go ahead. All things soup. <laughs> Until next soupy week, friends. We will be inviting together. Hope you enjoyed it. All right. Ciao, ciao. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend and leave us a review? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one things, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful coffee mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of the content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? 
The Body Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through the Patreon website, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier for you. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member and you will receive bonus content every month, such as recipes, music playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information at patreon.com slash abidingtogetherpodcast. Thank you so much, and God bless you.